like, God damn, these damn. kids are killing me, right? So I'm like, huh. I'm like, wow, interesting. Let me ask my daughter. So I'm like, Elsa, honest answer. Do you think I enjoy reading to you? Nope. <laughs> like, this is well, what it's like being a parent. Man. It's the most un. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Want to make sure we got that before we ran away. Where are we going? I don't know. Yeah, right. We Plans never are know where this. Fucking optional, so who knows where we're going? Well, yeah. I mean, I might have said that I was going to do trivia, but then you know, I got part of it done. Then tonight I made dinner and it went longer than I thought, and here we are. I mean, I don't remember you saying that you were going to make trivia, so. I did. If you so had never said anything, I could have. I, I would did. not have noticed. I I did say it. I don't even know if it made into the podcast, so maybe our listeners don't know either. Now they do. Shoot. The, the beautiful thing about this podcast, though, is once it leaves the station, we <laughs> don't even know where it's going. Oh, you mean like once we start actually recording? Right. We have yes, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know where the tracks are laid. Like we don't know anything. We don't know how fast we're getting there. It's a ride. Uh, Just sit back and enjoy it. <laughs> and that's the show. See you guys next week. Cool. But no, really. <laughs> we didn't even hear Neil. Neil, are you here? <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys. <laughs> All right. Now I can leave. <laughs> you know, we can't really start the podcast until Neil gets lost in thought and something. <laughs> so just a disclaimer. So as we jumped in, I thought, oh, what are we talking about this week? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's one thing that would be fun to talk about. But it's a, I couldn't remember the name of it, so I looked it up, and, that's, and then I got sucked in. Well, we're here now. What's um, the name of it? The name of it is the, uh, it's called the, um, no, I can't read it. Uh, <laughs> the Antikythera. Um, uh, is that the proper pronunciation? It's a Greek island, and. Antikythera? Antikythera? I don't know how you pronounce it. it. It's something I learned about yesterday, which I thought was very interesting, um, that we could discuss if we don't have anything else to discuss. Put, and put if we do, the then all the listeners will never have to go look it up themselves. Put it put it in the chat. How do you... How do you... Yeah, let me oh, don't don't ask him to do that now. Just, just go. We'll talk about this, because I'm sure someone wants to hear about it, namely me. So we'll talk about it right now, straight into it. Yeah, right now. All right, so I was watching, um, I've been recently watching this guy on YouTube called 42. I don't know if you ever watched him. Um, he's just a guy who like, talks about random stuff. And um, he did this really, uh, I don't know, let me not talk about another thing. Let's just talk about it. Talk about it. <laughs> so he was talking about this thing. So basically back in 1901, um, a bunch of sponge divers off of this Greek island uh, discovered a wreckage. It was a Roman. It was a wreckage of a Roman vessel that had obviously sunk about uh, two thousand one hundred years ago. So just you know, like a hundred BC is the dating. And they found a bunch of random stuff, and um, but they found this one artifact, which they now call the Antikythera. I don't know. It's called artifact or device or something. But it's this weird. Um, Device. And it's all messed up because obviously it's two thousand years old, right? So for thousands of years, it was in the like it was in Greece. It has all these symbols on it. It looks like it's like a deer type structure. But Sounds they, like a stargate. But they couldn't really, um, <laughs> they couldn't really figure out what it was. 
and then so scientists puzzled over it for hundreds and hundreds of, of years um, and very very recently within the last 20 to 30 years I think it was um, they use, found the DHD using a um, an, a special type like one of the a special kind of like layered x-ray machine that it, that actually was in the UK um, they they at a massive expense, they moved that X-ray machine to Greece because they didn't want to move the artifact, which is in the museum, more than you know a few feet. They didn't want to send it across the sea and you know risk damaging it and all that. So they took this, they got this X-ray machine, they brought it to Greece, and then over the next decade or two, um, all these experts and crypto- cryptography experts, they what they're able to do is they're able to actually the the X-ray machine is able to you know really really detailed like look inside all the different like uh, really fine stratas of the structure so they were able to look inside of it without breaking it and what they discovered was the most amazing the most intricate gear system like it has tons and tons of gears and it's this crazy gear system and all these cocks and it has all these engravings on it which are really tiny and so they spent the next decade or so deciphering it all and figuring out what it was. And they finally figured out, and they kind of drew out like the logic system of this device. And what it is, is it's a, um, it's basically the, the earliest computer to ever be invented. But, but from the perspective of how crazy it is, is literally 2,000 years ahead of its time. Like, there's no way they say that this level of engineering or knowledge to be able to create a device like this should could ever have existed back then based on what we know about you know those civilizations um, but what it does is it takes input and it's able to predict and monitor and track the the, um, the, the solar system and the planetary orbits and um, it's essentially you know a full-on touring machine it's a, it's a computer with Machine and cogs that are so intricate, more intricate than you know the first ever clock that was invented fifteen hundred years later and was almost as big as a room. And this thing is like you know, like one foot by one foot big. So it's this really cool, intricate, logic based, gear based, really well engineered, finely engineered device that was found on this Roman wreckage like two thousand years ago. I thought it was fascinating. Um, and that they were able to decipher all the symbols and figure out what it does and draw it. And they've got like detailed schematics of how it works, how the logic system works. And it's kind of mind-blowing that such a thing exists, existed at, from that time period. And they, they carbon dated it, you know, and all that stuff. So, I don't know. So, you're, you're telling me it's not a Stargate and doesn't play Rocket League. <laughs> Pretty much, Yeah. <laughs> But, it, but so the conspiracies, well, no, but here's the, so obviously conspiracies come out whenever there's sort of any sort of advanced technology or advanced thing from antiquity that doesn't I hope fit. Yeah. we're going to aliens. So it's totally aliens. You've got right? it. It's aliens. <laughs> it must have been given to them by aliens or it was made by aliens. Um, those are a couple of the theories that get thrown out there, but obviously whatever, but um yeah, it's a pretty cool device, and it, it is kind of mind blowing when you consider that not only did nothing exist like that in civilization, but there's nothing even close to that from within that civilization. There's no, it's just mind blowing that such a thing could have been created, unless it was created by like one random, you know, savant that created this thing, 
and happened to just be toddling along on a ship um, and somehow understood, you know, logic theory, engineering, and the solar cogs, system. the solar system to be the knowledge required to map that information into a machine that worked, not only, but worked, actually worked, is kind of... Does it still work? No, because it's all, it was under the sea for so long, it's kind of all crusted together, and that was the thing. They didn't want to, like, they couldn't, like, cut at it and try to break it apart. That's why they had to use this special x-ray machine to look actually inside the structure to figure out what it actually was. And they didn't... Would they be able to re-recreate it now? Yeah, they have have recreated it. It's been fully recreated. Oh. Yeah, and it worked perfectly, apparently. It's really good. (laughs) It's like, okay, so pretty cool. I just looked Weird. up the schematics. It, it, yeah. I oh. mean, it looks pretty awesome. Crop circles, clock, kind of thing. Aliens, it could be. I don't know. Oh, we have crop <laughs> circles now too. Well, I mean, it's just weird that they made one of those and then nothing happened that technologically advanced for like thousands well, it, of years after I that. I mean, it makes you think, right? Hypothetically, suppose it was one dude, right? who was somehow just whatever, just was able to amass and organize all this information on his own with no books and no, you know, there's no theory, there's no computer science, there's no logic science, there's no, there's no, the the mechanical engineering involved. This guy was able to, let's just say, this guy did it. And let's say he was going off on his boat and he was going to show it to the Roman emperor or something to say, hey, look, I made this cool thing. And then it got tossed over and it all died and it landed at the bottom of the sea. What a bitch, right? Like, that's like 2,000 years of, like, fast forward that just got lost to humanity. Think where we could could be, even today, like, if that information had propagated, and I don't know, just a thought, like, we could have been um, so much more advanced having that had that information 2,000 years ago to where we are sitting today, right? Would have been a, could have been a different world altogether, but... Um, I don't know, the other really conspiracy cool, uh, theory I'm thinking about is Atlantis. What that is from the from Ross Atlantis City, or from something? Atlantis. I don't know. Where or is Atlantis to Atlantis, guys? Let's discover the lost civilization of Atlantis. No, you know I don't want to do that. You don't want to wake up things that are dead. Oh come yeah. on! They're 2020. Dead, they're what, what's, up. The, what's the worst that can happen in 2020? Marty, please do not have 2020. <laughs> Things can get worse. I say we find Atlantis. Who's with me? They, they already did. It's another galaxy. It's another Stargate thing, isn't it? Is that Stargate? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stargate's got it going on, man. I know. I'm Don't telling you guys. Don't feed Andrew. <laughs> that, that's what the trivia is going to have to be. It's Stargate, Stargate trivia. trivia? That's going to be a real painful episode. I'll throw everything out. That's what it has to be. I'm going to get zero out of ten. I was going to say, okay. I don't think any of us have watched Stargate. You think there's uh-huh. going to be ten questions, Neil? Ten seems low for Andy's so, love of Stargate. <laughs> exactly. This is going to be a three-hour-long podcast. Woo! There'll be three phases <laughs> consisting of 50 questions each. Another three-hour podcast no one will listen to. Yes. Which is no different than the normal podcasts. Fair enough. Aside from the mm-hmm. length. But it only I mean, seems that long because you, you listen to it after we're done for editing. 
seems that long to <laughs> you. It's only it's it's like a blip to us. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, so this this device that was found, what if it was created you think men in black, right? Alien refugees on this planet. What if it was created by an alien refugee and then another alien decide that we as a species weren't ready and that's why the ship sank. Because that sounds a lot like the Prime Directive, if we're going to talk What's about What's that? The Star Trek. Star Trek. Oh. I was just trying to bring it back to sci-fi shows. <laughs> well, say, say, tell us what the, what the Prime Directive is for us Stargate oh. and Star Wars fans. Me? Well, I watched this as a child with my father, so this is not going to be the best description of the Prime Directive, but it was basically they're out in space on the Enterprise finding new civilizations, but if the civilizations are behind them technologically, they're not allowed to give them anything new that would advance them. Quickly. They're not allowed to interfere. And I yes. think it was, uh, you, if you're below the level of spacefaring, then you are, you, you fall under the prime mm. directive. So you can't, they won't, uh... they won't advance your evolution or your, your intellectual, you know, knowledge base. Um, kind of like that in Stargate too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> well, until the humans came and screwed everything up. Uh, but yeah, the Asgardians, the Asgardians, so, you know, you have Thor, Freya, right? Yeah. Yes, the old Norse mythology is apparently based okay. on an alien race. And in, in the show, they end up finding them and they're like, ah, we're not going to help you with anything because you guys still do dumb. Yeah. Yeah, well, because it was based off Egyptian, right? And then the different, the show had like the different branches of all the different religions. Or you haven't watched it, Marty? I'm just asking for clarification. (laughs) I know the movie was about Egyptian, and then Asgardians were a different branch, so it was a different realm or planet. Or so, so so I'm going to shut up now. I I have a question. (laughs) Was the so was the premise in Stargate that? By giving, by revealing that they're just not ready for it, and they would use the technology for bad, like to destroy they, each they, other. Yeah, they would end up doing more harm than good with it. Right. But essentially, with Stargate, there, there's obviously a lot of different civilizations out there. Um, but the Asgardians and the Gold, who took, so the Gold, they took over the Stargate, and that's where. You get dropped in Egypt in the movie, right? Um, but they weren't the ones to create that system. That was created by an even older race that precedes both of those two. Mm-hmm. So uh, it goes it goes way back. It's not just about religion. But you think about the way people form religions. It's ba- based on things they don't understand or you know try to find meaning in something they don't understand. And so if you had alien aliens contacting you and had all these magical powers, they'd probably attribute to that and then get leaked down. Like midichlorians. And I'm on the Ah. side of the aliens to just not... You can't just dump all that information on a civilization that doesn't know anything about it. I don't think we... I don't think we... Do you ever talk to your cat? Oh, yeah. They talk to me. Every day. Oh, my God. I'm all alone, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of cats, uh, not but I'm not trying to teach my cat the atomic bomb or anything, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
and Neil, that's you're how saying this podcast gets flagged by the NSA. I was say, speaking of cats, as a very, very quick aside, I've always loved cats. But more importantly, oh. cats have always loved me. That is more important. Growing up my whole life, cats have always come to me. I've always, even, I've never really, owned, until recently, I've never owned a cat. But I've always had cats that have come by and ended up sort of hanging out with me. So. And I've always got them over all cats. But now we have three cats. And one of those bastards runs away from me all the fucking time. And it's the first time I've experienced rejection from a cat. And I thought, oh, it's going to be fine. He's going to warm up to me. He's not warming up to me. And we got him as a little kitten. And I don't know why, but this one cat is just like, nope, you come near me, I'm, I'm out of here. So I'm, I'm, I'm having a bit of an existential crisis when it comes to, to cat relations. It's funny. Maybe you used up all... all cat karma. <laughs> cat karma, yeah. yeah. I was trying to think been. of a good word for it, but... This cat, that you've known this cat. What's that? How long has it been that you've known this cat? We've had him now, nearly a year now, since he, we got him as a kitten from the shelter, along with another cat uh, that was a little older. And he was very young, like three or four months or something. And he loves the kids. He loves my wife. Hmm. But man, like if if they're holding him or near him, he'll let me come close and I can stroke him and he's fine. But if they're not nearby or if I'm walking outside and he sees me, it's like, fuck no, I'm out of here. He runs off. He's pissing me off. He's ruined my perfect record. No, you're getting the full experience of cats, though. Like, this is what people, other people experience all the time. Okay. I, I don't, I'm not a cat person, and cats love me, and it That's what normally happens. Is that Usually not- that's what it is. It's like, you're, if you're super into cats, they're like, nah, fuck you. But if you're just like, cat, then they're like, oh, give me attention. Pretty, pretty sure the only cat I've ever liked was Andrew's cat. Which wasn't Wobbles? much of a cat. No. <laughs> <laughs> was it? But what was I, it? Uh, Andrew's cat, Smudge. It was the only cat I've ever liked and the, like, the one I've it? only ever wanted to be around. Great and wait, wait. Marty, did you meet Wobbles? Well, I yeah, I've met Wobbles, but Wobbles never like cared for me and I wasn't like that huge of a fan of Wobbles. Wobbles I'm just is not an a, asshole. I'm just not a cat person. Um, Wobbles is your fault, though. He is my fault, but you were, what, you were, oh, how I was looking for a dog, and I found that cat on the Humane Society website, and was like, here, look at this cat, and then you couldn't help but look at that cat. (laughs) It happened. So, like, yes, three-legged cat, based on the name? He's the The first first three-legged cat. First? The other cat I have is also three-legged. What's the other cat's name? His name is Morris. I didn't name him. I so just you thought, like, go, you have named do you like go to the shelter and it's like, do you have any three-legged cats? And they're, they're like, no. no, no, no. I didn't. Or do you just cut them off when they get home? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, Morris came like this. It wasn't anything that I did to him. I did, uh, came like this too. Yes. I, well, Marty sent me the ad for Wobbles. And so that's how I got the first one. Then I was thinking I should get another one to keep him company while I was working all the time. And so I did Pet Finder. Uh, Pet Finder, if you search for special needs cats, you'll get a lot of shit, but including amputations. So that's how I found Morris. Because I didn't want Wobbles to feel bad if he saw a cat that came in here with all of his legs. 
<laughs> cats not, don't care about anything. So you're anyway. not feeling mm-hmm. a cat to make I'm you feeling a cat feel better. Wait, so what happens if you got a four-legged cat? Do you think it would feel bad seeing two three-legged cats? And would they always have to walk in a line to make sure that there is in the middle so it's like symmetrical? Because that would be like my OCD. I'd be like, the cats need to... You're just like moving them yeah. around. <laughs> Well, I can't get a I can't get a four-legged cat right now because I have a very hard rule of only two cats at a time. I thought you were gonna say six legs. I also <laughs> do like my two cats six legs hashtag. It's pretty good. Can't own spiders <laughs> or any two four-legged animals unless they have mm-hmm. like Yeah, true. But three monkeys would be fine. No, That's God, true. I hate monkeys. Yeah. Didn't we just Never. read a book about monkeys? And I know how that's a the, no-go. They're the fucking worst. Oh, monkeys. My my kid was calling. I can't remember what I was saying. I was calling him a monkey today. He goes, "Dad, you're more of a monkey than me." Damn, your like, kids are savage. Yeah, they're nightmare. Right? Smack talk. This is smack talk. Fucking pro pro smack talk from a six-year-old. You're more of a monkey than me, and of course, I walked straight into it. Why? Because. I was born after you, which means you're closer to the first monkey. Aha! Smack me in the ass and run off. What can I do? There's no... That's just a full-on win, one-punch knockout right there. No, I mean, that was really good. I don't know yeah. how you punished that. It was good. I couldn't even... I didn't even have a comeback. I didn't have any comeback. No, I'm speechless. What are you teaching these kids? I'm not teaching them anything. I don't know where they're getting this shit from. But I'll tell you what, they're learning it fast and they're already... Who's me, who's so. teaching a six-year-old evolution, Neil? I know. How does he? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe his sister's teaching it to him, and maybe the school's teaching it to her. Right. Who knows, man? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? That's, that's when you're like, darn, darn right. I'm a silverback gorilla. Yeah. I mean, like, room. there's no argument to that. I'm like, I actually said, I go, you know what? That's pretty good argument. Yeah, there's no comeback. That's good. He can have it. Just remember that when when he gives you a grandkid, you're like, well, now you're closer to, no. a, to a monkey than your kid. Yeah, I'll have to bite it down. I'm a little worried for you if your kids are this sassy already and they're not even teenagers. Ah, they're really bad. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm really concerned. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't even know what to do. And the funny thing is the six-year-old, that's, he's the one. He He's... He's a pro smack talker. My daughter's like, okay, but I don't know why. And he's not like a, that type of kid with other kids that I've noticed. I, I really think he learns it from her and applies it. He practices it on me. So I think that's where he's like getting his, you know, grounds is like practicing it on dad, basically. So we should have him do the smack talking when we play Rocket League next. He would kill me. He he was smack talking me the other day when Perp was on, and Perp was saying your your kid is a le- is a to quote Perp, your kid's a fucking legend. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, because he talks better smack than you. That's what Perp was saying. He's a better smack talker than his dad. Oh man! So Perp is a guy that that we play Rocket League with, and you know Fall Guys when we play that. But you might meet him on the podcast at some point. He's been wanting to be on, but who He's knows? Character. He's a character. He is. That that'd be a that'd be an episode. It, it it'll be a ride. 
That's for sure. <laughs> playing playing games with him at night. That's that's an interesting time every time. <laughs> Where did we start off at? Uh, we well, started? I, I started the conversation by running us into that chat about the artifact, and we kind of just moved on from there. But I've got another yeah. one, if you want. Another artifact? Yeah, be- yeah, because um, it was kind of a two-part thing. And what, I'd already what were seen... you doing this week? No, this was just a, like a 15-minute YouTube thing. But this one reminded me of something you said, Andrew, which is where you said, what was it, the idea about an alien um, refugee? On, on oh, Earth? yeah, like yeah. men in black, man. Right, so, so there's another artifact where they really, some people really believe that this is an alien refugee artifact, and it's called the Voynich Manuscript. And it's a book that was purchased in like the uh, 1400s by some some guy, some scholar, and he got it. I don't remember where he found it or got it, and it was a one-of-a-kind book, and it's about 260-page book, and it's handwritten, and it's written in some undecipherable language, and it's beautiful. It's this beautiful book, and it's got all these amazing illustrations, fold-out illustrations, um, Plants, herbs, uh, odd, odd, oh. really interesting structures that look like things like cells and uh, galaxies and stuff like this. And it's this crazy book, and um, it's it now. I think it, I've seen this on Ancient Aliens. Yeah, you probably have. Yeah, and, and <laughs> so they carbon dated it. So they've carbon dated this book to about fourteen oh four to fourteen thirty or something like that. So it's early fourteen hundred. And they don't know who wrote it. And they have um, literally, people have dedicated their entire lives to trying to decipher the book. And everything about it suggests that it is that it exhibits the patterns and the um, the behaviors of, nat- of, of natural of a language. It's like it's not just so to speak gobbledygook, but. No one's been able to decipher it, and the world's best cryptographers and computers and everything have been applied to this book. And not yeah, only have, have they, they tried not Robert Langdon, what's that? Have they tried Robert Langdon? I don't... Is he a famous is cryptographer? Is that the guy from The Da Vinci Code? Yeah. Oh, is that... okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have Maybe. they tried the fictional Robert Langdon? <laughs> they need to run it through the the machine, the Greek machine, and see what what comes up. That's a good idea, actually, Maddie. I like that idea. That's very the Greek machine was for solar system. Oh, you don't know that. Let's, you let's don't ruin two artifacts at one time. You've obviously but, never played Magic because you need to use multiple artifacts I all the time. I have never played Magic, so you are correct. Um, so to, 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 to wrap it up, it's, um, it's com- not only have they not figured it out, but they're known as ever figured out anything they've not come even close to figuring it out and so they're like it must be some kind of cipher something whatever and also there's a couple of other odd things about it and there's a lot of really amazing things so when it was done as people it's like the illustrations that mimic things that we've only learned in sort of like modern you know the last since the 1900s like you know the the layouts of the galaxies the milky way cellular structures things like that and he's all in there but then there's this one fact which i thought was probably the most mind-blowing of all it's like forget all that there's another thing it's handwritten it is 
tons of illustrations of this really fine, really small ink written language. It's 240 pages and there is not a single mistake in the whole book. They how never. How do you know if you can't they, even read what they, it is? Because they know from, they, they know because, no, no, I don't mean mistake of spelling. I mean mistake of like, there's no cross out, there's no markings, there's no piece of the book where something has been erased and there's nothing. And it's not on any of the illustrations, on any of the words. It's absolutely perfect. Which they're like, people are like, that's superhuman. There's no way a human being could write that delicately and perfectly with all this crazy stuff for so yeah. long. So hence the, uh, someone's theory is that it was an alien refugee living on Earth who wrote a bunch of stuff because they were bored, basically. Um, or lonely. Yeah, and they left this book book behind. (laughs) I mean, half the time I can't even write my signature the right way. Exactly. But it's weird then that the alien, if it was an alien, that he knew that much about Earth life. If we're saying all the drawings and stuff. Must have been living here. Well, yeah, but (laughs) he was living in the 1400s, so I don't know. I mean, that's the age of enlightenment. Come on, that's like where a lot of um, stuff was discovered and telescopes and all this other stuff. Like, I I can believe it. Um, if I was an alien so, stranded on another planet, I would probably write a book about Earth. Yeah. That wouldn't make and, any sense to the other Enlightenment was like 1700s. But Enlightenment? Yeah. No. Yeah. Enlightenment? No, Enlightenment yeah. encompassed Shakespeare, Galileo. I mean, it goes up to about the 1700s. I mean, it's very much, though, um, but elitist and hard to get into. So how could this random alien get into this whole Enlightenment movement? But um, if you're an alien, maybe you just have wider capacity than people, but you're stuck on the planet because whatever, your spaceship's dead. So you're just like, you know shit tons more than everybody else just by natural perception and ability. But you're stuck. Like, so, so where, where did they find this manuscript at? Some guy bought it. I forget where he bought it from. He bought it from some library. I think he bought it from another library. Um, that was I, I don't really know where he got it from. I mean, if you look it up, it kind of tells you. It's an illustrated handwritten codex written in an unknown, possibly meaningless writing system. Carbon dated to the fourth. Yeah, well, that's the thing. No one can say it actually means anything at this point because you know maybe it does. I mean, at this point, it is meaningless. And right. what is it called exactly. again, Neil? The Voynich, Voynich? Man- manuscript. The what? Uh, Voynich. V o y n i c h. It is uh, interesting the carbon dating, yeah. um, so that it's probably not a hoax from a later time where they would know this stuff. It's just an earlier hoax. By an alien. How would an earlier hoax know about the future? Because it's an alien. I still don't know why an alien would know that much about Earth. I'm not opposed to it. I'm just curious. What, what do you mean about Earth, necessarily? I don't know. Because what it sounds like Neil's saying is like a lot of the illustrations and whatnot of cells, which we didn't know anything about for a long time. And like the, how the solar right, system But do you think the cellular up. structure is confined to just Earth? Well, I think there's no reason to think the cellular structure is the same in other universes. Oh, so you're going like full on different universe, not just different galaxy. You're. Wow. I guess, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, 
I mean, it's just a know. silly theory. It probably was written by a person. But obviously... But the other thing I saw was it could have been written by a person with mental illness. So Well, that's the thing. Why would any person go to that length to write something unless... Uh, it's kind of odd, right? Like, why would you go to that length to write something that was essentially potentially code or potentially meaningless with all those... I mean, why do we do a podcast that is for sure meaningless? That's true. Well, you got to also think that science at that point was persecuted by the church pretty heavily. So, I mean... You think this guy wrote too good of a cipher and he was trying to save knowledge for later on, but we just can't figure it out? I think so. I mean, Galileo had secret writings and other... other, inventors and people of science hadn't had stuff at the time so why wouldn't why wouldn't somebody else i mean just because we don't know like if you can't read it then it's indecipherable to whoever else reads it and at that point people were predominantly illiterate so um it's a very big undertaking i feel like to take in the 1400s to write hand write hand illustrate 240 plus pages and to make zero mistakes that's in the, the art, at least. That's the part that no, in the in the word, in the writing, and the art. I mean, how do you? It's a very large um, Wikipedia page, actually. So there's a lot on it. This I'm not. I'm not trying to discredit you, Neil. I'm just trying to. I mean, maybe this isn't the You're first. You're not discrediting copy. me. I don't know. That maybe this is not the first me. copy of it, and so like they can just copy one page at a time, put it in the book. Da da da. And if they mess up, they discard the page, redo it. Like, sure. I mean, come uh, on. We had we had to get literature. We had to get uh, the Divine Comedy. We had to get Shakespeare plays. We had to get all of the stuff written down in some capacity, in some form, so that we could pass it on. The Bible, other things. Like, it had to be edited, perfected over some period of time. Uh, but it is mystery. Like, looking at the Wikipedia page real quick, like, there's things in there. It's like. Oh. And it and like the the pictures like very interesting for fourteen hundred time frame. It's also just really interesting. I feel like reading through this to see all the modern technology we've used on this old piece of paper to try to figure out what it is, and we still it's have crazy. no idea. Which is the exact opposite of the other one because that yeah. one talks about we use modern technology and we're able to actually figure it out like painstakingly over like two decades. But through modern technology and modern techniques, they were able to finally reverse engineer that that device. But no one's ever figured out this particular thing. Well, it, it's also totally well, working in the realm of education, like where we're teaching math subjects and how, I mean, there's the term new math, but math is kind of reinvented to break down different steps. So it's easier for different types of people to understand certain concepts. And I watched a video the other day where they were doing multiplication of two double-digit numbers. And it was doing it, the, stack it over the top. Like, person was done really quickly compared to somebody was doing this squares, break it up by um, 10. Like, if the number was 35 times something else, you go 30 and one squ- above one square, five above the other square, and then you break it down the other one. And you add, then add the squares together. And it took a heck of a lot longer doing that math. But it's a way for it to understand. But if you're taught that way, as opposed to the other way, you're going to lose some steps and not be able to, as you go generation, to not be able to get there. And you're going to lose those skills because those skills are going to be not taught. They're going to be lost. And they'll be 
we'll move on. So this could be something that we've just moved on from that we've forgotten about going back to even um, the device kind of thing. It, it could, yeah. It could be a, an old language that has since been lost um, and forgotten, for sure. But you'd still think they'd be able to extract some meaning, ultimately, if it was just purely a, a natural language. There won't be that big of a gap in either the writing style or, you know, you'd be able to connect it somehow. But mm-hmm. at this point, it's mm-hmm. just something that's so foreign. It's more like a code than a than a language, I think. I mean... Or nonsense, d- or just nonsense. We couldn't decipher, what, the hieroglyphs until we found the Rosetta Stone, right? Sure. Or, or what, whatever ancient language, we couldn't decipher it without discovering the Rosetta Stone. How'd they pay for it? That's expensive. Uh, I think they used the great coins, but they lost them at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> with that, com- with that amazing computer, I prefer Babel honestly over Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is very expensive. I liked Babel when I used it. I'm boycotting it now, but it was. Fine. Is it still that expensive? Even now, I mean, it used to be. I remember, but are they still charging that amount of like a lot of money? More I mean, than I'm willing to pay, yes. That makes it expensive mm-hmm. in my eyes. And right now I don't have any reason to learn a new language, so if it's not free, I'm not interested. And even if it is free, I'm probably not doing it. <laughs> it's <laughs> a hard probably, fucking sell like that. There's probably somebody in your community who who wants to converse with somebody in their language. You could probably be like, hey, can you teach me this language? And I want to be able to converse and trade trade a skill. Like, I'm sure you could find somebody like that. Yeah, I'm sure. Especially <laughs> there's, like, there's people that are paid full time to that. teach other people's languages. That's not something you just do as a hobby, like over tea. <laughs> I'll say this too from teaching. I can teach science very well, but I don't know how to teach uh, English or people. sentence structure or whatnot because I always get their lab reports and they're poorly written. And it's just like a bunch of shit, but I don't know what to do with it. That's not that's not what I know how to teach. I just know it's bad. I just don't know how to make it. I don't know how to help them make it better. That's a. Let me ask you a question about that because um, when I did my uh, dissertation, I was with a bunch of engineers, and ha- most of them couldn't string two sentences together. To be totally honest with you, <laughs> that's so an they, engineer for you. Yeah, but. Must but be I, good engineers. I was like late to engineering and I'd always been into literature and I always wanted to be a writer, so I was good at writing. So when for me that was easy. And um, but when they when people took their di- early draft dissertations to their dissertation lecturers, our lecturers were like, you know, yeah, sure, this is technically sound, but this is utter garbage. You cannot you will not get a grade for this. You have to be able to cohesively write your thesis in English and, you know, present your argument well with good grammar, good spelling, and decent writing. Are, are you saying that you do, don't, wouldn't care, like, you don't grade students like oh, that? Oh, I care a lot about, actually, grammar and writing and coherency, but I've always been a TA, never an instructor, so I'm always... Um, working with whatever the instructor's rubric is. And so most of the time, maybe at most 10% of the grade might be based on 
grammar and cohesiveness and cons. So, like, it doesn't make that big of an effect on them to not be that great of a writer. They can still get a B. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Come on, the language of science is math. I'm just curious. Let's not say that. You know I didn't know how to do math. (laughs) The language of science is definitely words still. Because everything is communicated either in a journal article and we're doing super badly at communicating it to the general public. Well, that's not nearly as poetic now, is it? Do you really no. think that's true? Like, I feel that in modern day, the science community has done a great job of um, communicating complicated scientific concepts to the general public. People Maybe dedicate the their public, lives to it. Like, like you, yeah, who want to know about it, but... I mean, if people don't want to know, then I'll it's kind like of a the pandemic has broken me a little bit, so it's just... I don't feel like you really went into the pandemic hole. Well, I mean, not really. <laughs> but it's just like, it's very much... It's just discouraging. All all we ever asked was to wear... For people to wear a mask, and somehow that was the oh, greatest okay. fight of 2020. Yeah. And it's just like... Yeah, okay. Point happening? Yeah. You know? I think a lot of people... We do communicate science, but you have to be interested in it if you are going to listen, I guess. I don't know. Marty, I thought you said you had a topic. Neil, Neil's the wrong person to, to say or to have that science conversations because he's the guy who's sitting here looking up the stories of these devices and ancient things and the connections about science. So he's, he's yeah, trying yeah. to understand all yeah. these things that I are indecipherable. The... I feel like so, Neil's sure. a great audience for science because he's interested in some of these things i know he's not the your target audience of people who what are your thoughts on how science is communicated neil's not your target audience because he's trying to understand it i didn't realize we were talking about i realized i missed the target yeah Eh. i mean what do you mean what is my thoughts i no i was gonna say um i don't know what I'm, i'm lost cut <laughs> that's that's not how this works. I just think it's poor, yeah, it but I that's don't think I it's. Does. I don't think you can put all the all the blame on the scientist. No, absolutely not. You have to. And I'm can, tired of arguing with people that will not listen. So I'm to, not a scientific communicator. Like I put my foot down here. If takes, you don't care, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna waste my time. Well, it's got to be frustrating, right? Yeah. People aren't going to listen, then what, what, what can you do? It's super frustrating, so I just don't. It takes two to communicate. One to, to, to talk, and the other to listen, and then back and forth. So, without that... Okay, Mom. <laughs> uh, Hi, Andy's mom! <laughs> who listens, um, I think. <laughs> well, Hannah Hannah asked about my, my topic, um... The thing was, uh, did did the motorcycle conversation enter last week's podcast? Are our listeners up to date on that? I think so. Uh, so now that you're bringing that back up, yes, that was on last week's podcast. So we talked about um, about that and how I want to go on a motorcycle ride down down the coast. And now it's evolved into now it's a bigger trip. Apparently, we're going to Vegas. Apparently, we're going further what? down south. We're going up the coast now and all of this stuff who is we uh andy uh andrew's cousin 
Um, and then apparently Neil wants to meet us in Vegas. So I'd meet you guys in Vegas. I've never been. This, I mean, this is all in in that group chat, Hannah. You you could have been. I don't think Vegas <laughs> came up in that group chat. No, I think that we were discussing that the other day when playing the game. Look, okay. Marty, it was going to be a longer trip if you went down the coast and back up it. All right, but I'm just giving you some options. <laughs> okay, but my my topic of conversation that I had coming into this was um, I feel like instead of a book club, the thing that we need to do is check out this documentary series. It's made by Ewan McGregor. And I've already seen it. Oh, that one, yeah. Well, I haven't seen it, but... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It's just like, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> uh, the thing is, is that um, I, for some odd reason, I don't normally watch Bill Maher on HBO, but I decided to watch it last night, and he's actually coming out with a new one. So it, it will be his third documentary about riding yep. motorcycles. So the first one was called The Long Way Round, oh. where him and his buddy go pretty much around the world on their motorcycles going um, east to west. So they had Ewan McGregor, the actor? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. They travel through Europe, go through Russia, Serbia, um, get on a plane to go to Alaska, get their bikes over to Alaska, and then they go through Canada up and over um, back. Then they have another one called The Long Way Down, where they stop at the or start at the top of um, England or Scotland and then go all the way down to Cape Town. So um, they go down that way. And now this new one is called The Long Way Up, where they start in South America. But this time they're using electric motorcycles um, to go up from South America all the way up um, to North America. I forget where they go, but... uh, Really cool. It's just him and his buddy. And the first one was in 2004. The second one was 2007. And then this one is just now uh, being released. So I don't know exactly when it happened. Um, but it's just the two of them doing this motorcycle journey ride. Um, kind of doing that. So I I didn't know if you guys had heard of the long way round, long way down, and long, oh, yeah. now long, long way up. And yeah. so I'll tell you, I had not. But I'm also not on this whole motorcycle kick. But you could watch it not being a... Oh, like yeah. not being into motorcycles at all and still be uh, it it's entertaining. Like kind of like a travel yeah, kind of it's documentary travel too. Sort of. and I mean I um, just had no idea Ewan McGregor was that, that into motorcycling. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a Ewan McGregor fan, like not just Star Wars, but um I liked him in uh, Birds of Prey. Um Shadow Grave. Um I never watched Train Spotting. Um oh my God. But wasn't he in uh Marty? I guess I'm gonna just help Marty out here. I haven't seen it either. Um I've seen that movie like twenty times. I'm I haven't watched Milan Rouge. Uh it was like his pivotal that was his It's like his breakout. That was his yeah. breakout prime ball. I I've no doubt but I know that, that, fact that came about out it. when I was not young enough to see it, so or not old enough to see it, so I missed that one. Um, but no, and then he's in Star Wars. But like Hugh McGregor, he's you know fun, fun guy. Um, just seeing the story, it was like, hey, this would be fun, a fun watch. So um, if we okay. can find, so you're saying we watched Long Way Down, Long Way Round, Long and- Way Up, Long Way, Long Way, Long Way, Long Way. Well, I mean, All they're the each each. 
series, what I can see when I was doing a quick IMDb search was six episodes um, for the long way round, long way down, and a long way up isn't released yet. I don't know when that's coming out. Um, so you're saying we do each series probably in one episode each before our journey. Right. That means you have to do this journey. <laughs> right. Why do you, why right. Do you laughing? <laughs> I don't get it. Well, I, I, it's it's an it's another thing for us to kind of that's not just a book club, but something that's a little bit unique to watch and kind of engage and have a, a good discussion about it. something. So, um, and this was thematic. This was my thing that we could discuss or we could talk about. You know, um, I don't know what other journey. I mean, Hannah, what what journey do you want to go on or anything that? Do you have any inkling to go on any type of journey <laughs> like full. this? Hannah's journey like, desires. <laughs> I mean, what, Neil, what do you want to go and do? He wants to go to Vegas, obviously. Hey, man, no, I'm up for the motorbiking thing. I said that. I mean, my only, yeah. honestly, no lie, my only reservation is dying. Aside from that, I'm all <laughs> That's in. a big one. I'm all in. Um, which, and I say dying, I don't know how to ride a motorcycle, so I have to learn. Um, if I learn, then um, I guess I'll know at that point if it's for me or not, right? I guess that's kind of how it has to be. Because, and then if it is, and I think that I feel confident enough that I'm not going to die, then I'll, I'll be down. Either meet you in Vegas, I'll bike up on my own, or you guys come down this way. I don't know, whatever. But um, sounds yeah. good to me. I mean, Either way, we're going to end up at your place and you're going to cook yeah. us something. Yeah, you I mean, can come by. Come by here. Leave your bikes out front. Truth be told, I'm not a huge like I'm not huge on like let's go down to Vegas part because I just don't want to go to Vegas. Um, oh. But the more and more that people, oh, that's are, what I'd say. I'm not huge on it. I just don't want to go. <laughs> yeah, you that's, do not want that to. That was a fucking left turn. <laughs> Again, it's I, not it's not so much to go to Vegas just to go to Vegas. It's just it's it's, just, it's just a circular route. There's a lot of things to see on the way. You'll live with it, Marty. If more people are joining, and I'm not going to be like, no, it has to be this route or nothing. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm. My original intent when I had this idea was just go down the coast and just kind of have a nice ride and kind of enjoy thinking and reminiscing about my friend and having that experience. That was the whole point of of this idea. And now more people are coming on board, so it can be altered and everything. Like the Vegas part is just not the highlight for me. Now, if we're all meeting up and hanging out, great. Awesome. That will give the that part of the trip purpose. Like, yeah, I mean, and I'm not so bothered. I Vegas, whatever. It's like it's fun if we're in Vegas. You have a good time, but I'm sure it's the the ride to Vegas on the bike. I'm sure there's some interesting maps you could take. Um, oh yeah, that make it how really much, enjoyable. Like, how much camaraderie do you actually have when you're all on an individual bike going down the road? Well, so I I use a. Uh, I, I have oh. a Cardo pack talk, and so you have an intercom. You could talk to people, okay. and then um, even if you don't, it's it's fun, you okay. know. Yeah, yeah, because you're not gonna be you're gonna be stopping, and you have be, to. You're gonna be sleeping. <laughs> you're gonna be eating, and you're gonna be with each other probably more than you might even wish for. <laughs> so there's gonna be yeah. there's gonna be points. Yes. All right, so yeah. I mean, we might have to come up with a whole watch list too, like um, Easy Rider, 
Um, oh, Jesus, Marty. Some other motorcycle <laughs> You know movies. Marty likes themes. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to no, listen to Prodigy fine. the whole fine. way there. Non-stop on the peak. No, it'll be good. Uh, <laughs> I just see Neil like get, like getting on his bike and going like more full throttle just because of the music and going off yeah. sand dunes because that's just what I feel like when I hear Prodigy. But again, I only think of the two Prodigy songs that I know. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm happy Marty brought this up because I think it's going to be good for Marty. You know, it's the best idea he's ever had. And I told him that the wow, other day. I don't think he believes praise. it, but it's the best idea he ever had. So I, I'm looking forward to it. There we go. So you- Marty, that was the realness. <laughs> you need to respond to how I nice love how was. I really love how when an actual compliment comes, my is speechless. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> He's like, what do, what do I do with this? I think I think I've had some other really good ideas. <laughs> Oh, I just, just like offended. that Andrew thinks this is the best one out of all of them. Okay, there's one time I was in high school. Marty decided, hey, let's play drinking games, but let's use root beer. <laughs> that was not one of your better ideas. <laughs> did, it, did you do it? Did you guys do that? It was, it was great <laughs> until I had Mexican food before. And I was laughing so hard. And oh, God. the Mexican food and rice and foam from the root beer. I was winning. I was not drinking a whole lot compared to everybody no else. No one wins in that situation. <laughs> yeah, it's not even a real drinking game. game. It's like something my kid would want to do. <laughs> Just because they get, they get to drink root beer. Don't. Let me tell you, it's a lot harder than it sounds. <laughs> yeah, it uh, doesn't sound good. Okay, you're right. That was a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> That was a deep pullback, though, to when Marty was in high school. <laughs> we all had no, dumb ideas I, in I, high I school. I think I had graduated. Nobody was a- able to buy beer. Nobody was able to mm. buy alcohol. So I think that's why we settled I, on root beer. It might have been. Might have been. But that was the last time Andrew recalls Marty having had an idea. <laughs> until, <laughs> until this one. <laughs> <laughs> And out of the two ideas, I agree. The motorcycle one's a better <laughs> Best one. Best idea you've ever had, Marty. <laughs> if we're comparing, yep, that, that's good. Ah, uh, that bar was real high to step over. All we do is step <laughs> over bars. I know. Marty's like, fuck those guys. I'm not visiting those. I'm not visiting them. But yeah, no, I think we should plan on that. Let's, uh, let's start I, branching I, off from our book club. Yeah, I haven't even I haven't looked if it's on Netflix or anything else for um, viewers to to listen to. But by next week, I will find out what streaming service it's on or if it is streamable. Um, okay. We'll yeah, last time I think I watched it was on YouTube, but you know how that changes. So, so we will find it in some capacity, and we will share it along for our listeners to uh, follow along with us. Um, not that the book club isn't a good idea; it's just a good change of pace. Yeah. Reading is hard. I listen to it on Watching audiobook, so it doesn't TV matter. Reading is hard, I think. We already established that I read Calvin and Hobbes. And we Just... also established that I don't really watch TV, so this will be a struggle for me. But I'll embroider. So an, a, a similar show um, was made by, by, do you know Billy Connolly? You guys know Billy Connolly? Yes. He was yeah. the, the dad in uh, Boondock Saints. Yes, he's the one that Marty. That is a. F- 
I am. I love you. Man. I love that. I love that movie. That, movie that first one was great. The second one was terrible. Epic. Oh, I forgot there the was fact a second you got, one. The fact you said that is my <laughs> mighty respect to the, which to heaven. Hey, and hold on. Only like one compliment per episode. For I know, me. but man, that was <laughs> that just that was out of nowhere. I'm like, and, God damn. Hang on. Boondock Saints is a wicked. And we're, we're 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 talking about the motorcycle ride and my friend and doing that memory. One of my fondest memories is we were all watching the Boondock Saints for the first time. None of us had an idea of what was going on or anything with that. And we're sitting down, we're watching it. We're just laughing. We're having a heck of a time watching it. And then the cat scene happens. No, the cat I scene. Give the yeah. fucking cat scene. The cat, the cat scene. scene and we lost it. We were laughing so hard. We had to stop and rewind it multiple times. Like, did that just happen? Rewind it. Watch it. Laugh. Stop. Rewind it. Everything. One of my favorite memories of like my friends and everything. Just like, just busting up laughing to to the Boondock Saints in that particular scene. You and your fucking rope. <laughs> Great movie, and for our listeners, it has Daryl from The Walking Dead in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what he's known as now. Yeah, that's what he is today. But Billy Connolly did a show called Route 66, um, which is also like a travel documentary series, um, and he's a comedian, so it's kind of I funny. had no idea he was a comedian. He's a comedian, yes. I only know him from Boondock Saints. <laughs> yeah, he's a British comedian for years. Um, Boondock Saints was like later as he got older. Um, he's a little hard to understand, I think, because he's Scottish. But um, he used to do a lot of stand-up, a lot of comedian, a lot of comedy shows. So um, you could also watch that. Maybe Andrew, since he's seen the uh, Ewan McGregor one, might enjoy it. Um, so so I'll, I'll review revisit the Ewan McGregor series for sure. Looks like the long way up is going to be on Apple Plus. Ooh, is that I like Apple subscription that. service? As Hannah said, mm. it's not free. I'm not, do- <laughs> I'm not doing it. If I don't already subscribe, <laughs> yeah, if I'm not already in the in the and, system. And the long way up premieres September 18th. Okay. Um, well, we can find a way to watch it. I'm sure. So what? The other one was called the long way down. Yeah. Like the first one or the or, long way round? Or the long way or down. Long way round. The long way round. That's probably on Amazon. I think I've seen it. I think I've seen it on Amazon or Netflix or something. Oh, and it shows me idiot aboard. I and I'm, I'm I'm actually not opposed to if it's on Amazon buying it or whatever, and then letting you guys hop on my Amazon stuff and sharing it so we can watch I'm it. I'm not opposed to that either. So uh, it says it's on Amazon. Long way round. Add to watch list. Oh, this is. Why well, Amazon Prime? Hold on, it's unavailable in my location. Ooh. I've never. Had okay, this. so while we figure this out, this we'll get back to it next week. Let's get yeah. on a diatribe about Amazon and their viewing thing. I hate that streaming service so much because what, Amazon Prime. Because it has something, you're like, oh, I'm going to search for this. Da 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 da. And then you click on it, add to watch list, and it goes, oh, rent, buy, or and it's like. Oh, it does you, that all it, the time. It is so yeah. de- deceptive. Marty, on what the is... world's biggest e-commerce store. What do you expect? I expect them to and be better. They have, they have almost nothing that's free. You have to I, buy it. Right? That's not true. They have yeah, a there's lot plenty of content. That's free. They okay, have a lot well, of content. Anything I search for, Neil, they're like, you want to rent this for $4? And I'm just like, no. Not good content. Well, then you didn't really want to watch it anyways. I'm poor. 
I'm poor. Like, I'm poor. I like the way she says it. I'm poor. Oh, look at little I'm cry poor. tears. And I was talking to the librarian about this today. Like, Man on the High Castle, I got three episodes in and I was done. Like, and Dude. I can't think of any what? other. No, there's oh, a lot to say about that. Fleabag is really good. Like, oh. Fleabag is apparently very good. Fleabag is fucking amazing. I know. I need Absolute, to watch it. You need to watch it today. Especially okay. if you if you need a laugh. Fleabag is just artistic comedy brilliance. Amazing show. Nice. Well, the only show on Amazon that I like is The Grand Tour. And that's because it's it's Top Gear, good Top Gear, just redone. That's it. Like, other than that, I Fuck haven't found you, it. Jeff. <laughs> um, you know what? What we're talking about, like, like um, the boys is the boys season one was really good, and the season two just came out, but it's not. Um, I don't know. It doesn't seem that good. Uh, I, you know what I liked, which is kind of like a, it's kind of like the Amazon equivalent of Lucifer almost, is Sneaky Pete. It's kind I've of just ads for that. Yeah, it's um, it's good. It's a good. Uh, it's not fantasy about a guy who's the devil. I'm just saying it's kind of like very sort of procedurally ish, sort of not not too procedural, not as procedural as Lucifer, I guess. But anyway, good one. They have they have good shows. Amazon. They, I mean, they carry a lot of movies and things. Like I think we watched. Uh, guess what? We watched Groundhog Day uh, two days ago. And my kids, this was a, you'll love this, Marty. So I put Groundhog Day on, and because the kids want to watch something, as usual, Avatar they're watching at the moment. I'm like, let's watch this. Start watching it, 10 minutes in. This is so boring. This is the worst movie. I'm like, look, just watch it until 20 minutes. And it was around 20 minutes when it begins to pick up, start yeah. picking up. And they were—they loved that movie so much. They couldn't stop talking about it. They were talking to their mom about it. They were talking about it at the <laughs> dinner table. It was—they were just absolutely loved it, and it was great to see that you know, because because nowadays kids, if they're not captivated within the first minute, they yeah. don't give it a chance. Twenty um, minutes is a long ask. It's a long ask, yeah. But they they stuck it out and they they got the payoff, so it was good. Okay, well, Andrew's given us that look that we're about the hour mark, so we need to wrap this yeah, up. Like, but be- up. before we forget, we need to hook up, hook uh, your kids up to talk with our friend Jake in Montana because every Groundhog's Day, they, or at least the past couple of years, they've done, they've sat through a marathon of Groundhog's Day over and over from like, I think it's like 9 a.m. to like, 10 or midnight and if they sit it's it's not it's not just a marathon it's a marathon in a movie theater where there are rules stipulating when you can go to the restroom and it's it's wild oh it's not at home no no how can there be rules about going to the restroom so you're entitled to go to the restroom between films but you have to sit and watch it you can't fall asleep you can't do anything but it's why it, would you do that? But you because it costs like fifty dollars. Okay. You get a shirt, but Jesus if, Christ, fifty dollars <laughs> to yeah. not be able to pee when you want to. Okay, maybe fifty dollars is an exaggeration. It might be closer to like twenty five or thirty. But the point is, is that if you sit through it and you make it through the Groundhog Day marathon, every time you go there, you get free popcorn and you get discounted movies or something uh, for the whole year. 
which pays off okay, within okay. like three visits. Okay. Yes. okay, okay, fair enough. So we but... can have Jake on and he can talk to you about it, but Jake and his girlfriend AJ, they like they do this, they've done it like two or three years, sitting through Groundhog's Day that many times on Groundhog's Day. Well, Jake really likes movies too. This would pay off. Right? I do too. I would do it too if I lived there. Like you can like movies, but do you want to watch the same movie eight, nine times in a row, back to back? A Christmas Story on TBS for however many years they ran it. Christmas Eve, Christmas. Like yes, there's just certain movies that are just classic and timeless. You can just watch them and repeat. Yeah, but back to back. Like being told when I can go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like really... to be told anything. So I hold on. Yeah. If you do have this to go to the bathroom new. one time out of band, is what that it? Get... You're out. No fucking popcorn for you. What if you have irritable bowels? Yeah. That's that. We're gonna leave those up for Jake. Jake and AJ okay. answer. Jake, I have very important questions about <laughs> intestines. Okay. <laughs> well, when he hears this about a year from now, he'll let you know. Very sure well. We're gonna we're gonna break off of this. We're gonna find out where you can watch these uh, these next uh, not book club watch club. I don't know what we're gonna call it. We have to come up with a name too. But uh, we'll find out where you can watch uh, the long way around. And as we progress through that series, um, what else? What else are we missing? Yeah, let's start with the long way around first. That was the first one. Then we'll go. Yes. Yes. Yep. As we progress through those. Uh, but anything else? Anything else from this week? Hannah, did you learn anything? I took the whole weekend off, actually. I think you guys should be very proud of me. It means in the podcast. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, you did. You learned about well, no, Roman artifacts. I learned, I learned about that thing Famous in the ocean. Novels. I learned about the scroll. Like, I never learned about that. I'm into it. Okay, le- you took you the whole cl- weekend off. You were not clear, Let's, Andy. You might as well just tell us. You took the whole weekend off. I did. That was a big deal for me. That's good for I you. I was celebrating. Congratulations. Wait, that's it? So what did you I actually mean, do to celebrate? Got drunk? Well, I actually, like, I might have, I had to do my dissertation meeting on Friday. And so I meet with my dissertation committee, and they let me know whether I've done enough work and I can leave eventually. And it actually ended up going very well, which I was very surprised about. So then I decided to quit for the rest of the day. But then I got really bored and regretted not going to work because there was nothing to do. <laughs> but then, like, Saturday I went out, I went to a friend's house for dinner, and Sunday I had, like, games and stuff. So I did things that were not work. Sounds relaxing. Good for you. It was actually very relaxing. <laughs> I oh. get it. See, being on this podcast has helped you progress. I know. I've grown. <laughs> I'm not sure what direction. I don't know. Is. Sideways, reversed, I don't know. Okay. Well, as always, you can find us on Facebook at Plants Are Optional. You can find us on Twitter at Optional Plants, although I have not checked that in a few weeks. And what else? Anything, anything else? Just, just leave it at that. Yep. Get out of here. Yep. Get out of here.